Hey everybody, welcome to the Theomatic Podcast. I'm Craig. I'm Daniel. And this is the place that we make good theology automatic. automatic. Because yeah. that's what this that's what this life is all about, is not just knowing facts about God, but but knowing his heart in a way that that we can operate in life the way that he intended. And today I'm really excited about the subject that Daniel's gonna kick us off on, but I wanna introduce to you the why. We, we're we talking about the greatest gift that's uh, been offered other than Jesus, Yep. the gift that we have now with us. It, he is called the promise of the Father. And just really practically speaking, uh, we've received this question thousands of times. Yeah. How do I get the Holy Spirit? How do I know I have the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit look like in my life? And so for all of those reasons, and by the way, Jesus thinks, and I think we'll probably talk about this, Jesus thinks it's better for the Holy Spirit, for us to have the Holy Spirit than us to have him walking beside of, beside us. So, All right, awesome. Well, let's dive right into the scripture. Um, uh, we're going to start in John 14, 26, and this just sort of dis- defines a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does, uh, um, starting in verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Um, those are two functional things that the Holy Spirit can do for you and is doing for you if you're saved today. He will, uh, you know, another way to say this, he will lead you into all truth. He will teach you all things and that he will remind you, he'll bring to your remembrance the truths that Jesus shared. Um, it's so cool. I want I wanted to sort of unpack the Holy Spirit as the real deal. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that we have as humans that we need and 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 we would have supplied for us in the original plan in Garden of Eden when we were with the Father. Like those things would have just been supplied. Like let's just take a simple one, provision. There's all of this available food maintained, kept up by the Father. We don't really know the mechanism, but we know it was available. Um, designed for them, healthy yeah, for given them, to them, given. enjoy all the yeah. trees. In fact, after the fall, the curse is toil and earning right. your bread from strife and all those things, right? So we can juxtapose and say, well, then the gift or the blessing was free provision right. for his children. And so let's just take that simple need of provision. It is literally so many marriages get messed up or get busted up because fighting over finances, the inability to figure out career and home life balance. Um, think of how many people go off the deep end in greed or sacrifice. Like the Bible says, what profits a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul. Like, like so many people chase the spirit of mammon or the spirit of mammon has hold over them. That's what the, uh, Jesus calls the spirit behind money is that it's really the lie and all the things you do to get provision. Well, here's the cool thing. The Holy Spirit will remind you of all the things that Jesus said and that he will take better care of you, the, like the birds of the air and the they get taken care of. And how much more important are you? And so when you can remember those things and you, you can rehearse and recite or we call like meditate, or ruminate right. on those things, you get the benefit of those truths. You can often tell that you don't really believe a truth when you don't get the benefit from it. Here's a good example, and I'm going to dive more into the Holy Spirit, but I'm trying to describe a function that he plays and can play in your life. If you're fearful, for example, 
you're you're maybe in a boyfriend girlfriend relationship or your spouse and you have a fear that they might be unfaithful to you or they might cheat on you well every time they leave the house you are not experiencing the benefit of their commitment to you right because you don't believe that they're really committed and so that fear has a place and the bible says in john that perfect love drives out fear right. and really it's as perfect isn't describing the love it's perfectly understood love that God has. When it's perfected, when you really get it, that will drive fear out of your life. And the mechanism that does that, the person is the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that constantly reminds you of what Jesus said about you so you can be empowered to drive fear from your life. So just in this verse alone, what he does is he leads you into all truth. If you have any doubts, you can ask God, you can, you can, we should tackle this. Can you talk to the Holy Spirit? Can you like address the Holy Spirit? Right. Yeah, you can. Right. Holy Spirit, will you show me what is right and what is wrong? Will you lead me into all truth? It's one of the promised functions that Jesus said he would do and why it's better for us that he's with us. And then um, he will remind you of the things. He'll quicken to your spirit. Quick, such a Christianese word. <laughs> He'll bring into your mind in remembrance the truths from the Bible that Jesus claimed over your life. So those are two immediate functions that you can use, which is why I describe him as the real deal. So those needs that you have that like in the last episode, we're talking about people feeling, um, they feel hopeless, so they might medicate. They feel pain, so they might numb it with substances. The Holy Spirit will offer you answers because he leads you into all truth. He'll offer you comfort. He's called our comforter. When you're in pain, you can go. He's an ever-present help in the time of need. So he is the real deal that all the counterfeits are trying to be like. Right. So let me read this other scripture before we go uh, any further. I'm going to hand it back to you. I've got about two minutes left. And um, this is in John 16. And something I've believed for about nine years, which is sort of just also proof that as you spend more time in the word and with Jesus, like your theology, um, I'm going to use a, the, the word evolve, <laughs> you know, it does it precept upon precept, line upon line, like you get more understanding the right. longer you're in it. And I remember nine years ago, this verse like popped out to me. I'm just going to read it and then I'm going to explain it. And then I'm going to bounce it back off you, Craig. Um, one of my favorite functions of the Holy Spirit, like one of the reasons it's so great is for this. John 16, verse eight. And when he comes, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse nine, concerning sin, comma, because they do not believe in me concerning righteousness, because I go to the father and you will no longer see me. And verse 11 concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged period. Hmm. So there's actually three people that the Holy Spirit is ministering to, I guess, you know, or affecting in this verse, number one, the world, Thankfully, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of its sin, singular noun, meaning the absence of atonement, the need for Jesus. That is one of his primary functions. And thank God, if you have unsaved family members, you can rest assured that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, he is convicting that family member of their need for Jesus. Hmm. That is one of his functions. Number two, you, the believer, he is actually convincing or convicting you of your righteousness. You are no longer the world. You are no longer a slave to your sin. In fact, you are a new creation and you are righteous in the sight of God because of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is going to remind you that Jesus said that about you. And he's going to remind you of your position in Christ. 
Does he remind you of sin? Sort of. Can I explain that? Do I have time? Yeah, that is really unique because I Do you think, want to take it? No, I think you should explain it. But yeah, I, I think a lot of us always just kind of yeah. think, well, yeah, he he remind or he convicts us of the things we're doing wrong. Yeah. So explain what you mean by that. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we liken the Holy Spirit to like prophets of old that would come to leaders be like, you're doing this, this, and this wrong. Um, the Bible says actually now that um, in the new covenant, his word is written on our heart. Like it's not an external, it's through relationships. So for example, the using the marriage analogy, if you're married, you don't need your wife or your spouse to give you a bunch of rules of how to treat them. From your love births all of these ways that you treat them uh, flow out of you. Does that make sense? Yeah. In fact, you might have a hollow marriage if you're just ticking off the rules. That's religion. Instead, if you have real love, you won't cheat on them. You really love them. You won't hurt them. You will listen to them. You don't need a rule saying to do that. So now that we're in relationship with, with God through Jesus, sealed by the Holy Spirit, his law is written on our heart. We're a new creation. We actually do know what the right thing to do is. It's in us, springing out mm. of us. And the often what gives sin its power is the law, the Bible says. And then the Bible also says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He literally accuses us using God's good law, showing us all the time like a ruler how we don't measure up. And what the Holy Spirit is doing in response is saying, no, no, no. It's okay. Like we all know you don't measure up, but you know who did Jesus and mm -hmm. you're in him. Yeah. And so he reminds you of your righteousness. Now the flip side of that coin is when it's like, if my son were to lie, I would say it like this. I wouldn't be like, you're a piece of trash. You, you're a garbage human. You know, you're a liar. That's not his identity. Right. I would say, you're my son. We're hunts. We don't lie. That's not what we do. Right. So flowing. Naturally, you yeah. know what the wrong thing is, but you're being reminded of the The right thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. So that's the distinction. I think it's important because, again, the entire scope of this cast is to remind us of God's heart. His heart isn't to, to blame you and hurt you and curse you and, you know— it's to remind you of who you really are. And once you're saved, you are the righteousness of God right. in Christ Jesus. You are no longer a slave to your sin. You do not have to do those behaviors. And from your real identity to start to rule your life through the power of the cross. That is one of his functions. And then the last one is he reminds the enemy that he's judged. His presence on this planet is a walking reminder. His presence in you, Craig, is a walking reminder to every demon and to the enemy himself that he is judged, mm. right? And you can see that a little bit when Jesus comes, oh, son of man, you know, the demons talk to him like, oh, it's not yet our time. You know, they know they're going to be judged because Jesus has been set as the name above all names. And that is the name that you bear. Yeah. In Christ. So anyway, that's his function. It's super powerful. There's even more there to unpack. There's fruits of the spirit that grow in your life right. because the soil of your life is is saturated with the Holy Spirit. But I want to I talk so much. So it's your <laughs> no, this is good. I think there's there's obviously a million things that we could talk about when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He is like I referenced earlier, referred to as the promise of the Father. Mm-hmm. In Acts 1 8, Jesus himself says that when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll receive power. So he's the promise. He's the power. He's the comforter. I love that you, you brought that up. He, in other words, God knew that we would need comfort. Yeah. Right. He's the encourager. He's, he's the convictor. He's the speaker of truth. Um, and by the way, just, I don't know if we even re referenced this yet, but he is fully God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's just get yeah. to the foundation of it. Like, who is he? He's fully God. 
he he is God in in the form of a spirit, right? So he's he's one of the three persons in the triune Godhead that yeah. we believe in. Yeah. And this is is there one passage for that? Well, there's a there's a bunch. It's just all throughout how God reveals Himself through the Scriptures, and through history is through the Father, through the Son, and through the Spirit. So, um, he is also this. He is the seal of your salvation. Mm-hmm. Is what it tells us in Romans. Yeah. So, um, it says in Romans that you know if you don't anybody anybody that, anybody that does not belong to Christ does not have the Spirit of Christ. So, in other words, if you have the Spirit, you belong to Him, right? So, um, this is why so many people are asking this question. You know, how do I know? How do I know? Do I have the Holy Spirit? How do I know I have the yeah, Holy Spirit? We should address that. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, let's address that. What are what are so? Number one, how does the Holy Spirit first um, enter somebody's life? That's through salvation. Yeah, I believe it's at the time of salvation. Correct, right? regeneration. You're you're. Um, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come and go and rest upon for moments of triumph right. for certain tasks. Right. The Which is why David would say, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Right. Because that was very evident that the Holy Spirit right. was... So they would know that the Holy Spirit came upon them because there was an absence of him. Actually, it's one of the things that's challenging for Christians is that... I mean, I say this with reverence to the Lord. He knows it and it's worth the challenge. We always have the Holy Spirit with us and it's our norm. We have to remember to access that power. Right. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah. It never leaves and us. And a lot of times in prayer meetings, we say, come Holy Spirit or... And it's I'm already like, here. Yeah, I'm right. I'm, I'm actually right here. <laughs> yeah. It should be more he like out open our... You. What's up? <laughs> yeah, it should be more like open our eyes to see you, to see you. and yeah. open our ears to hear you. And most importantly give our hearts courage to obey you. But yeah, in in the Old Testament, for whatever reason God has his reasons, I don't know, his presence dwelt in one location. Yeah. You agree with that? I 100% agree in with that. In the tabernacle, in That's the right. Holy of Holies, tabernacle or temple. Mm-hmm. In and the Holy chosen of Holies. chosen like people could enter. Right. So that's where his presence was. That's where his spirit was. One man, one day a year could go into the Holy of Holies. Now we also see, like we referenced, the Holy Spirit would you know, fill people at times and, 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 and then be taken from them. And that there's mystery to that, to be sure. But when Jesus died on the cross, the reason that the veil or the curtain was torn, and by the way, it wasn't torn from the bottom to the top. It was torn. They point out from the top Top to to the the bottom bottom. because God did it. Yeah. And this, and it was thick. It's as thick as a man's hand. Yeah. It's 60 feet tall. Yeah. And the reason why that happened was, was this visual picture of no longer is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God going to dwell in one physical location, like in a church like this or in a temple. The Spirit of God is going to dwell in every believer always. That's it. And another confirmation of that was 50 days after the resurrection was when they're waiting in the upper room and the Holy Spirit the spirit of the Lord enters and there's a pillar of fire that appears in the middle of the room. Every Jewish boy or every Jewish person in that room would have remembered the time when the people of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and they were led by a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day, cloud for relief from the sun pillar. The desert actually gets pretty cold. P.S. By the way, if you never live in the desert, but warmth and light at night and they would encamp around that pillar of fire, which was clearly divine, but they would all huddle up around and follow that 
one thing. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the room, that symbol divides and lands over their heads, signifying that I am no longer in this one place that you have to seek and find. I am with you always, which is another kind of explanation why Christians can be at different points in their journeys. And we maybe should address this, maybe a whole episode to it. I don't know. But like something that might be wrong for me at a given time might be okay for you at a given time. Clearly not sin. Sin. Debauchery is never right for me and never right for you. Drunkenness is never right for me and right for you. But there are things that we we may do or experience um, that um, we have different timings on or maturity levels, and we're each on our own journey, um, and the Holy Spirit is with us. Whether you're a baby Christian or a mature one, it's the same Spirit. In fact, the Bible says the same Spirit that rose Christ from the dead is in you. Exactly. Yeah, no, that that probably be worthy of a whole episode. And one of the biblical references that Daniel's talking about is in the book of Romans, for example, Paul's talking about these certain things that, and he said, hey, if your conscience, your faith doesn't allow for it, then for you, it's sin. Yes. And in other words, for if your faith allows for it, like eating food sacrificed to idols, he's like, I don't care, whatever, yeah. that's not even, you know, but, but whatever does not come from faith is sin. sin. In other words, whatever the Holy Spirit yes. isn't, because it's not about just just following a list of rules. Correct. It's about following the spirit of God yes. that's in you. And if he doesn't release you for something. Yeah. Um, Which is one of the biggest nods in scripture to the fact that it is a relationship and no longer a list of do's and don'ts. Right. Right? right. It really is. So the, the I wouldn't say normal, but just for the sake of the word, the, the normal everyday person that's listening to this, yeah. that's watching a video on TikTok or on YouTube that's saying... Man, I'm living in this crazy world and but my heart is inclined towards God. I want to know him. And then they ask the question, how do I know that I have the Holy Spirit? Hmm. Let's talk about just a few things. Yeah. Um I wouldn't say it like maybe say it like not like come on, prove it, but more like evidences that you could take inventory of your For own sure. life and say, is there an evidence of the presence of God in my life. Yeah, there should be, right? So, yeah. I, so, I'll start. I'll say, number one, just as as salvation, regeneration, just as our relationship with God starts with trust and faith, mm-hmm. knowing that you have the Spirit of God starts has to start that way, too. So, mm-hmm. we put our faith in Jesus. We confess Him as our Lord. The Word tells us that we're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, given the Holy Spirit as the the seal of that salvation. Yeah. And, and so, number one, believe it. Believe that you have him if you've put your faith in Jesus. Yeah. So, and sometimes that's kind of a high concept. I think it's a good one and I use it myself. It is a, I remember it took me some practice. Um, Maybe I just want to expand on that. It's like, did I put up the tent poles correctly? You can't see them. You can only see the skin of the tent. It's like, well, is the tent the right shape from the outside? Is it holding up? Then yeah, you're probably good to go. So it's sort of like the evidence that you're saved or the belief that you're saved can only be perpetuated by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So when you know you're saved, you can be assured you have the Holy Spirit because that is the same mechanism. So from the outside of the tent, if it's holding its shape, don't worry, the poles are there. You got it, right? Right. It's like not like the air holds it up in the right shape. Sure. So it's sort of evidence. So just to expand on that, because I've actually used that in my own life when I had a moment in my teens when I was really doubting. I'm like, no, wait. A person can't even want to seek God without the Holy Spirit. And I desperately want to know, like, that is evidence to myself that I'm Mm. okay. You know, so 
So uh, um, there's a simple test you can use from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just going to read it because like the Bible says it better than I ever could. Therefore, I want you, this is Paul talking, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God could ever say Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, so he says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. I would add daringly, no one, no one, it's not the words, it's say with conviction and belief that Jesus is Lord. If you can say that Jesus is Lord of my life, that mechanism, according to scripture, is the Holy Spirit that allows you to believe and say that. Mm. So that is evidence. So if you're ever doubting and you're like, you're pulling, looking in your pockets, like any hope, can you say and believe that Jesus is Lord? You are saved, you're right. sealed, you're good. If I was somebody that was asking, do I have the Holy Spirit? Um, you know, I would I would also begin to look at the fruit in my life. Yeah, for sure. And what's, yeah, what's coming out of me. And it's not just for the sake of, you know, do I know that I'm saved and I'm going to heaven when I die? But it's, is there a growing evidence of relationship and intimacy that's even growing after coming to know him for the first time? You know, am I seeing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and and all of those fruits of the spirit begin to come out of me? And so that would be something that I would say, take inventory of of the fruit that's coming out of you. Yeah. Integrity. Are you convicted of righteousness? Yeah. You know, is there is there something in you that says, man, I know that I didn't used to want to do this, or before I wanted to do this other negative yeah. thing, but now there's something in me that says I want to follow God's. Can can I say something kind of vulnerable and real? Like, I'm sure you'll say yes. The, the Let me just read the fruits in Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit, fruit singular, amazingly, there's, right. that's important. Right. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. I'm overweight, that is a lack of self-control, generally speaking. There can be other hormonal issues and medical issues, no judgment, all love. For me, I know it is because I find comfort in food. I love it so much. But my comforter is the Holy Spirit, and I have had to wrestle this out in my own life, going, well, when perfected love casts out or drives out fear, the more the Holy Spirit penetrates my life and I yield my will to Him, I am believing that I will have full self-control in my life at some point. There are things you could do like in James, like whoever can tame the tongue, can tame the whole body. Literally like watching your words and speaking right can help you if you struggle with your weight. This is an area, and I'm even talking like, I'm going to have victory in this as the Lord Amen. continues to heal me in it. But what I don't say is like, oh, I'm just fine. Oh, I don't pretend that I have the fruit that I have not yet seen. I will say, as the Holy Spirit convicts me of my identity, I am that fruit tree and I'm going to see that fruit in a certain amount of seasons. And there might be some more pruning. There might be some more pruning the Lord has to do to get that fruit to yield, but that is my future. Amen. Yeah. So that's vulnerable and real, but like yeah, I, I'm walking this, man. That. Yeah. Obviously there's uh, so much that could be said about the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. Um, we, we could talk for hours of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit's one thing. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are another thing. Um, and so, you know, there's a number of them that are listed in a number of different places. Yeah. I personally think that there's a reason for that because if there's just one clear list in one place, then it, it maybe could be used and abused in a way. But um, 
you know, Jesus said that you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So for me in my life, I'm checking, am I operating in a power that's beyond fleshly ability? Mm -hmm. Um, There's other, you know, gifts that you'd see, like you'd see oftentimes people speak in tongues or prophesy or extol God. Yeah. Um, Or there's a number of other gifts that are listed that, and there's variations of those gifts that, you know, the Spirit gives as He wills, is what it says in, in 1 Corinthians 12 to different people. And so... Um, Charismata. Yeah. That's the word, right? Gifts yeah. from grace. Yeah, Right. It's a dispensing of grace from God for His glory and for His purposes through you. And for your good. Yeah, and for <laughs> your good. Yeah. And for other people's good. Um, and so, but would you say just as we wrap and, and some Craig and I will never avoid a topic. Truly. We're only trying to bring in topics that are lots of questions about, and we have time to properly unpack. Uh Do you want to address, like, do you need to have the evidence of speaking in tongues to ensure that you have the Holy spirit? Or do you want to save that for another time? I hate, I mean, you know, we could, we could probably, Maybe in season two, okay. we'll do a full We'll come back with this. season two on that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that there are some things that it's, it's valuable to at least acknowledge that there's debate. Yeah, there is a debate on it. Yeah. There's people that are true believers that read the Bible and, and love God that have differing opinions as to the conclusions as to what the scripture is teaching. Yeah. Um, I think if you deny that tongues is a reality, you're not reading the scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally don't believe that everybody has to speak in tongues. I think that it is one of the primary evidences that you see, but also it it clearly says to me in 1 Corinthians 12 that Paul asked the question, will all speak in tongues? And the presumed answer is no. No. Yeah, that's the presumed answer. You know, there's a discussion of can all and just they won't or will all not is that not a gift gift so we need to unpack it more in an episode i want to chime in and say we actually have agreement on this we we briefly discussed it right before the podcast we hadn't covered it and we got to wrap up but i believe it's like when you do speak in tongues it's a hundred percent sure evidence you have the holy spirit but that doesn't mean you don't have the holy spirit if you don't so i maybe say it like this all apples are a hundred percent fruit, but not all fruit are apples. You know, it's like, there's right. like, if you have, you have that gift, like you got it, you know, and if not, there's another sign for you. Yeah. And you know, maybe this is a good place to end the, this just came to my mind that God is good. Yeah, for sure. You know, if we want to just, we always at the end of these episodes want to want to get down to God's heart and his heart is that he's a good father. And Jesus says, if you guys, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your kids when they ask, how much more will the Father give the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit to those who ask? Boom. And so that would be a great place to start if you're listening to this wondering, yeah, that's, do I, how do I ask, ask him? And he loves to give his presence to and those that come. surely he'll give it. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks for joining us today, everybody, yeah. uh, on the Thematic Podcast. We we just appreciate every time you leave a comment, leave a review, share this with somebody, helps get the word out. And we look forward to seeing you yeah. next time. And we want to we want to encourage you to pray and invite the presence of God in your life and to seek him out through his word, through the church, through uh, conversations like this, because there is more and more and more for every one of us yeah. in God's presence. Peace.